The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the Internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. It is Thursday, February 17th, top of the hour, 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, and we have a full and fabulous show for you today. Coming up at 11.30, we have the man himself, Rand Fishkin, coming in to talk about SEO Moz's new tool sets and link values and link controversies and a whole bunch of Lincoln stuff. But before we get to um, thinking about Lincoln, we're going to be, well, just talking about stuff that's happened in the tech world, especially stuff around Google today, because, Dave, Google is everywhere in the news today. You know, and it's funny, because every time we have a show, that can almost be said. There are a couple dead weeks in there, but they just... (laughs) have a habit of putting themselves right. I guess that's what happens when you're at top of the game, right? Well, they I mean, they've been, uh, clearly they've been putting overtime into uh, courting controversy, punishing evildoers, enabling evildoers, and um, um, messing with the social media. Um, Google has, uh, well, Google's pretty much been in front of my eyeballs for the last week, last two weeks, um, and uh, I, got, I almost don't even know where to start thinking about these guys. So why don't we go with the big controversy? Let's get this over with now. We, I know that it's been talked about on a number of other Webmaster Radio shows. It's likely going to be talked about later on today with the, with the serious expert on Google. Um, J.C. Penney. Uh, the Google punishing, catching and punishing J.C. Penney for a incredibly sophisticated link network. Yep. What was your What was your take on that story? Um, you know, it, it was funny. I actually took it. You remember BMW? Okay. <laughs> that that was that three four years ago. The issues with the BMW website. They were doing a little bit of cloaking um, on on their sites. Um, and uh, and yeah, now we've got uh, got J C Penney going at it. It's it's a a funny thing of sorts. And I mean, maybe I mean not funny in a in a humorous kind of way. Um, where I have to look at these, I don't know who they're SEO, you know, who, whoever's making these decisions over there, um, thinking to themselves, I know what we should do. Um, we should be black hats. Like, I, I run, and I know you, you do, too, um, predominantly white hat, like where, where we stick to, to that sort of side. And, I mean, heck, there's times, you know, you've got new clients up against companies like JPenney, and, you know, this is going to take, a little, you know, a while but, but forward we go. But in those competitions, I can almost understand. I can, I can see the allure of the black hat going in there going, okay, let's just do this thing, right? And, and, and crossing those lines and, 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 and just, you know, let's get the job done as fast as, yes, there's risk, but, heck, we'll put 10 more sites up right behind it. Um, but when you're J.C. Penny, 
And, and you basically got a, an extremely strong starting spot to try and take these shortcuts. Like, I understand they want it for Holly. Think ahead, people. Think ahead. <laughs> and and well, it, they so could have to... done this the right way. Um, but they didn't. And, I mean, it, it just it, it makes me shake my head. And, and it's not so much. I mean, you know that the executives at JCPenney, I mean, the, you know, the, the, the top executives had no idea you know, most of this was going on I mean, or that didn't understand what it was that was going on. I mean, they may have been told something about you know, properly. If we just take our time, hey, let's start a few months earlier and let's not try and cram things in to, 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 you know, for the holiday season. Um, it, it, you know, at the end of the day, it actually disheartens me towards, towards the industry because it gives us a black eye. I mean, it doesn't dishearten me, I guess, towards my own industry, but it, it disheartens me in the perspective of the outside world at our industry when you've got these, these major players like that uh, playing dirty, and we've got real, you know, your clients, my clients, who are, who are trying to do these things right, and now you've got the biggest, but already up in a, in a, in a difficult battle against um, some of the, the, the top um, people, you know, the established, um, reputable companies in the industry, and, and you know, these, these smaller businesses are already trying to go toe-to-toe um, with them. I understand that's what J.C. Penney's trying to, you know, sort of get around these people, but your starting spot is so good. For goodness sake, do it right. <laughs> you don't have to break the rules. Think about it. Come up with some good strategies. You know, I can think of a number of SEOs that you could have called to come up with some good, solid strategies to get this job done ethically. Um, you know, you, 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 get a, you get a backslap for that one. I can only go kudos and, you know, good. <laughs> because you should, because that's, you know, you, it's just, I don't know. It, it ticks me off more than anything else. Well, let's think about this for a second. What if this was a strategic black hat campaign? The uh, JCPenney was ranking number one across innumerable keyword searches Yeah, right at the Christmas season. Yep. So I'm going to put forward the idea, what if they knew? What if somebody, some decision maker knew? I mean, clearly the SEO firm that, that created the sophisticated link network, they knew. Yeah. Um, it, it took Google a few months to find it. Um, what if this was a strategic black hat campaign? I mean, seriously, so they get devalued in January and February. Who cares? Who's buying stuff in January and February? Right. It's they Christmas season when you're making your money, later. right? Yeah. Now, the the other part of the story that I find very interesting is um, how did the New York Times get this? How did the New York Times that get such know. detail? It was a five-page article on SEO malfeasance. Um had to be Google who gave the New York Times all this info. See, now, and that's interesting, eh? I mean, of course, you know Google loves, well, they've got, I mean, you know, they, they would claim not to love it, but you know they, they've got to be happy to be putting out this sort of material, right, to go, even the big players, if they break the rules, we will, you know, slap them on the back of the wrist for it because we're here to make sure the best, even the smallest sites, if they're, if they're doing it right and they're the best result, we're here to make sure that they... Um, that they're the ones that rank. I mean, that's, that's the message Google's always trying to put out. Um, so I think, you know, them coming forth, it, it wouldn't surprise me at all. I don't know that they did, but it wouldn't surprise me at all to find out that, yeah, they would come forward and go, yep, and see even when it's a big player, we'll, we'll do what needs to be done here after the holiday season maybe. But, you know, it, it, we'll, we'll get it done when it's, when it's not really going to hinder them. And, and something I, I should note, because I, I you know, in, in my comments, I, I, I really... You know, was was maybe hard on the SEOs. Um, one thing that may have happened, and I, I did have to or do have to consider this as well, is while the people at the top, because I sort of exonerated them of, of things, 
uh, of, of responsibility, but while they may not have direct information regarding, you know, this needs to be done, they could have put undue pressure on their SEOs at that point and gone, oh, okay, well, you know, frig, we're fired if we don't get this thing done, so... <laughs> you know, then they won't accept just like some great work that'll get some of these things. They, you know, it's all or none. Um, you know, and that, and you're right. It may have been a strategic move as well. Um, would I have made the the same move? No, I, I wouldn't have. Um, but you know, that's that's easy for me to say when I don't have the you know CEO of J.C. Penney going. Is it done yet? Because if it's not done, you're fired. <laughs> right? um, so I mean, all of these things are are, are really 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 easy to say as, as sort of a, a side back or, or, or sort of from, from the back seat. But it really does, like any time these sorts of things happen, it really does bother me um, from the, the sort of kick in the butt that our industry ends up taking when, um, you know, smaller sites get this sort of disillusioned kick in the butt um, and, and the bigger sites are, are able to, to skate through it. Um, and really, yes, they were devalued. Okay, so all their, their black hat stuff, they, they carried them through the, the holiday season and made them probably tens of millions, maybe more dollars. Okay, they, they don't have that. So now they're, but they, you know, we all know sites that would have just been gone <laughs> if they yeah. tried to pull the same sort of stunt. Um, well, so, you know, your I mean, clients they, in mind, no doubt. <laughs> We should shift gears a little bit here, Dave, because um, yeah. we've got a lot of stuff to talk about, and we have, uh, we're have we going to have to go to break in a few minutes, and uh, we're coming back with Rand Fishkin, so let's clear let's clear a lot of the bases. Um, so, you know, I want to I I I have a clear field to talk to Rand. Um, yeah. The, I guess, you know, we, we weren't able to do the show last week. Both of us had, like, sudden business, uh, business emergencies to deal with. Um, and I'd love to have talked about this last week, but uh, you know it's, it's, it might be wise, uh, good to revisit it two weeks after the fact. The Google Bing thing, <laughs> Bing, Bing, you uh, trolling Google's data to uh, use through use of the Bing toolbar to uh, augment its search results. Yep. Now, I saw on WebPro News yesterday that Google has just quote unquote Google just um, admitted or verified that it uses toolbar data for to uh, to gather information on websites for ranking purposes. Mm -hmm. Is that new news to you? No. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, and here's the thing, and I think we kind of lightly touched on this um, earlier, but who knows, maybe it was just on, on the phone in, in just a chat, and maybe you know, it's news for, to, our, to our listeners us chatting about this, but to me, it seems more a case of you've got access to this data. If you don't use it, you're an idiot. And, and I know the folks at Google aren't idiots. So, um, I mean, would, would I use data if, if, if I had, you know, had a, a massive toolbar that millions upon millions of people were using and I could pull their usage data and help me offer them better services and make more money out of it? Would I use it? I, I don't. I mean, Google's in a, in a different spot. Let's even go, would I use it from an ethical standpoint? That's irrelevant. Google, with shareholders, is legally responsible responsible to use that data if it can help them make more money without violating privacy and, and these sort of things. So not only would I, I would have to, <laughs> because with shareholders, my job would be and you're getting to this incredible amount of data on user intent and, you know, user, user focus. How can you not? <laughs> Seriously. Well, you have this exactly. information I mean, in front of your eyeballs. 
I mean, what's been, been really the word of, of Google for the past, I don't know, three, four years? I mean, you know it, and I know it. It's, it's personalization. We can call it different things because they're doing it. And we can call it localization. We can call it you know, mobile. We can call it this or that. But it's all about tailoring results to you. When you have access to an individual's or, or even a grouping of people, let's take a past individual going, this is how people are, are doing when they, when they visit these sites and, and do this and that, I, I would be, be remiss to, to ignore it just just in a, in a normal environment, let alone if my primary goal, and stated numerous times, is to give people a personalized result, the best possible results for them. I mean, how, how, can, I, how can I not? I mean, we know they're going to use it. So I found the whole thing kind of funny when Google was like, hey, we caught them with their pants down. No, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> because they're going to find you with your pants down. And you know what? Both of you are doing a fine thing. Neither of you is doing anything wrong here. You're both using access to. It's not like you know Bing had gone into Google and stolen their database and 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 tried. I'm not saying they wouldn't if they could, but you know they, they didn't do something like that. They didn't do anything illegal. They just you know when hey we can monitor what users are doing when they click on search results. Let's do that. I mean I would. Why not? Um, that's the purpose of these toolbars, is to monitor what's going on. I mean, if you think that Google provides a toolbar just to give you access to their search functions, I don't think you really understand why they would actually build a toolbar. Yeah, it's all well and good for, you know, you know okay, they can search from you know, a little box. That's, that's great. But you know, I know, and I think everybody knows that's kind of the, the, the minimum sort of information. And if you read what you're installing, you'll know that, that this is, this is for data collection, a non, quote, unquote, anonymous data collection. Um, but you know, you know they're going to use it. They've said they're going to use it, and I don't mind them using it. <laughs> so no, I mean, as an SEO, it makes my life a little more difficult. It makes sense. They do for sure. It sure does. Oh. Sure does. Um, you know, as an SEO, and you know it, I know it. The more personalized results you're getting, the more difficult it's <laughs> to be an SEO um, because you know, ranking reports or you know, where where you're running them from because that's what your results are based on. Um, you know, sort sort of environment, but. I mean, I, I think it's absolutely fine for them, for both parties to be using it. I mean, heck, there's toolbars out there. You know them. I know you. Know, Alexa has a toolbar, right? Do I think that they're ignoring their data? No, that's how this Alexa rating is is, is being generated, right? They're, they're collecting data. Do you think they're just collecting it to collect it? No, they're collecting it to use it. That's what it's for. So, yeah. Um, Although, wouldn't, could you imagine being a uh, search engineer in Redmond, Washington, working with Microsoft? You've worked so hard to create Bing, and you know. Let's uh, let, let let's give Microsoft their due. Bing is an incredible accomplishment. You know, mm. much like Google is an incredible accomplishment. Making a ma- large scale, uh, major search engine—that's no mean feat. But could you imagine, like, being a uh, search engineer in Redmond, Washington, working at Microsoft, and seeing people with the Bing toolbar installed, consistently using Google? I mean, you just, just want to bang your head on your desk. Ugh. <laughs> You just know even most of the people with the Bing toolbar installed. With that little box, it's, hey, you can just search right here from Bing, and Bing putting in what is a really good effort on a very good engine. I mean, if they had come up with that engine a decade earlier, we'd probably be using Bing now, right? We wouldn't, you know... It, it, they just missed the boat on that one, um, but yeah, I would be. I'd be really interested to see what their statistics are. I mean, we, you know, we can get our, our generalized web statistics, but I'd be interested to see what, when Bing looks at their stats for the toolbar. Like when they, you know, their engineers sit down and pour through these stats and, and look up the percentages of things. I'd be really interested to see what that stat is and whether they weep or giggle um, when they see that you know you know Google's going to be dominant there too. 
<laughs> so I'd, I'd, but I'd be interested to see how big they are, even from from Bing Toolbar um, users. You know, it's, it's it's 20 minutes past the hour. We're gonna have to go to break any second here on Webcology. Before we do, I just want to get this one point in. You know, you know how you know that uh, Bing is actually starting to threaten Google. How's that? You see Google coming out and questioning Hitwise data when Hitwise says that Bing has jumped from about 12% of the market to 21% of the market with the addition of Yahoo searchers. Mm -hmm. And now you have Google saying, yeah, well, uh, that data is flawed. When they would just ignore it before. They didn't care. When, when, when Bing was like at 8% at of the market and Yahoo was doing maybe you know, 9 or 10% of the market, people just didn't care, right? They, did, they didn't say boo about it. But now, Google is, is working so hard to impress on you and me and, and others in the, in the field that Hitwise data is, uh, well, uh, we, we, we question their methodology. Dude, shut up. <laughs> Google, yeah. shut up. Just oh, like, let it go. For the number one pay person to go, to I don't trust these results. Well, okay, <laughs> so you're still, you're, you're, you're still like huge. So it's okay. And I noticed that you never argued when they were putting you up, you know, quarter after quarter. So that's, that's Indeed, an interesting day. Okay. <laughs> um, I got one more thing to talk about, but I want to take a break before we do that. Um, so, friends, you're listening to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. We, uh, we're going to be coming back at around 1130 with Rand Fishkin, but we're going to be talking about the Texas Attorney General going after Google on antitrust coming up after these messages. And don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. I'm Brad Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Are you ready to get LinkedIn? We're rocking the world with LinkedIn. One show at a time. Mike and Lori, as they reveal insider secrets, chat with other LinkedIn gurus, and answer your LinkedIn questions. For those about to get LinkedIn, we salute you. This is your chance to get inspired and use LinkedIn to help you rock the world, too. Rock the world with LinkedIn. Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Market. 
Marketing Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. It's 23 minutes after the hour, and uh, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, and uh, Dave, before we get to uh, to our guest, Rand Fishkin, um, story came up yesterday in Search Engine Watch. Um, Texas Attorney General wants Google's formula for AdWords rates and ranking si- and how it ranks sites. What a um, coincidence. So do I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt, eh? So apparently, according to Danny Goodwin, writing in, uh, in Search Engine Watch yesterday, uh, the Texas Attorney General is leading an antitrust investigation of Google, and he wants to know how Google determines the prices for its AdWords paid search advertising program and how sites are ranked in Google search results. <laughs> now, there's not a lot of information on this. But apparently, a civil investi- uh, uh, investigative demand from Texas Attorney General Greg Abbott was filed on July 29th, asking Google to provide reams of information, including the secret sauce, um, how it ranks organic websites. Um I've been racking my brains uh, on this. Um, a dear friend of mine pointed pointed the story out to me yesterday, and since uh, since seeing it, I've been racking my brains trying to figure out where the AG is coming from. We've had two antitrust investigations done by the EU, both of which exonerated Google, um, and now now the, the the great state of Texas is going after them. So I'm just I'm taking a link to the uh, to the the article in uh, Search Engine Search Engine Watch, putting it up in the WebmasterRadio.fm chat room. Um, I mean, you got the article open in front of you. Yeah. Look at some of the stuff they're looking for. Details on how it sets prices for AdWords search advertising. Information on how the company scores different websites uh, to rank search results. Identity of employees responsible for Google's product price comparison services. Documents relating to the shopping websites Frugal, Google Product Search, and Google Shopping. And if anybody can find out anything about, like, Google Base, <laughs> I'm still curious what the hell that was. Um, <laughs> minutes, agendas, and notes from search quality team meetings at Google. So, hey, Matt, they want to, uh, they want to search your hard drive, buddy. Um, documents that show manual overriding or altering of search ranking results. Documents referring to blacklisting of any websites. Documents on Bing and Yahoo. Uh, complaints about purchasing and placing an ad on Google. Um, they're also interested in, like, um, in 43 other very specific points, including the identity of specific Google employees responsible for setting AdWord prices and minimum bids, determining criteria of landing page quality scores, um, people responsible for negotiating agreements with Google search partners. I mean, this is, and the list goes on and on and on. This is a hell of a fishing expedition. Um, and I've got to tell you, Dave, I'm flummoxed. 
I have no idea what. I mean, the Texas Attorney General is looking for everything, not one or two things. They want everything. Yep. Uh, yep. And and you know what? If this works, um, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna run uh, for government here, and I'm going to subpoena Coca Cola, and uh, I'm gonna subpoena KFC, uh, and I'm gonna subpoena McDonald's, and I'm gonna get all the formulas. Oh, you know <laughs> what? Can you don't proprietary to, and necessary you subpoena Coca Cola. You just need to listen to uh, to NPR, um, This American Life. They actually they released the Coca Cola secret, the, oh. the formula last week. That's already oh, out there, bro. Oh, well, then, uh, there we go. I guess I don't need that one. Up your uh, now. I mean, I find this ridiculous. What I think would be kind of fun on, on their part, if I, I mean, they, they can't do this, but if I was Google, um, I would go, just to get things started here, um, here's every spam report that we've got uh, from the past, say, decade. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to need notes on each one to know that you're reading them all and, and that you're paying attention. And when you're done that, um, call us in five years, and, and, and we'll take a look at uh, maybe giving you our, our algorithmic formulas or, or another piece of the puzzle uh, as of you know today, so five years old at that point. That's the silliest thing of all of this, isn't it? By the time Google's lawyers are done um, challenging the Texas Attorney General's requests, any information the tech, the tech, the Texas AG gets is going to be way out of date. Yeah. So well, um, that's, that's a, the thing, and I mean, I'm, I'm, you know that. I mean, you, you and they've got to know that. They've got to know. You're dealing with Google. I mean, they 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 have more lawyers than the state of Texas. I'm sure, right? Just, my goodness. Um, you know they're going to challenge it. I, I as a taxpayer in Texas. I would have a problem with this. I'd be going, are you kidding me? Because I'm, I don't want my tax dollars going to this because it's going to cost us billions of dollars. And you know, <laughs> to protect their algorithm, Google will spend it if they have to. They don't want yeah. it, I'm sure. But they, I mean, I would if I were them. This is the only thing for them. So, yeah, it's just, it's ridiculous. So why would, uh, I mean, I guess the, the, the great question remains, why would this investigation open in the first place? Is Google actively, actively engaging in anti-competitive practices? Um, um, I mean, I, it's, it's easy to say that they're doing that. But honestly, I mean, when you really think about it, I'm trying hard here. And it's, it's, it's I'm not, I, fan, folks, you know me, I'm not a, Serious, I admire Google, but I'm certainly not a fanboy. Um, but I, can't, I, I don't see it. No, I don't, I don't either. I, I think it's it's ridiculous. Um, I, I don't. I mean, you know, I, I think that you know, as, as much as anything else, I'm frig. I don't know. Did uh, did Microsoft uh, decide to to back one of the governors, <laughs> what the governor of Texas, in, in an election bid? I don't know. Um, but I, I find this kind of ridiculous. Um, why Google? I mean, there's so many companies that have, well, I guess Coke's is out now. Um, you know, I mean, there's, there's so many companies with, with proprietary information. How they could even fathom, I mean, they, you, would, you would destroy a company if you did that. And, and so now you're going the other side on competition, right? Like if you're going, this is an antitrust, you know, they, they've, they've got such a, such a darn good product that we need to, you know, make sure we're protecting people and they're, they're not augmenting things. Well, uh, you know, okay, so you're going to take down a company? <laughs> because if they give this up, 
that's that's that. I mean, that's 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 the the end of. I mean, Google still exists, obviously, but that's that's their competitive advantage. So they can't possibly give it up and remain and, and keep their their enormous competitive advantage. So what what can they possibly be thinking? I mean, there's just so many challenges that would take place. And I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. At the end of the day, it actually is a moot point because by the time this thing drags through every court, every I mean, there's a lot of data Google can share. And, and they will share piece by piece, explanation by explanation, every one of those, <laughs> right, standing in a court and go, well, no, this spam report from you know, 2004 <laughs> is highly relevant, so we need to talk about this one. Now, here's one we got 18th of a second later. Now, we need to talk about this one, too. Right? I mean, that's what I'd do. Oh, yeah. That would, be, that would actually be quite a bit of fun, wouldn't it? You know, I got uh, some free advice for the Texas AG, and, um, you know, uh, you guys want to you know, hire Dave or I to give you free advice. Uh, it'll cost you a lot of money after this. You know who you got to talk to? Bill Slosky. Because, you see, all the information the Texas AG is looking for is actually publicly available. Problem is, it's at the U.S. Patent Office. Problem is, Google patents, like, every method for everything. I mean, feeding, feeding the cat at Google, pro the method of feeding the cat is probably patented. <laughs> So there's reams of information at the U.S. Patent Office on exactly how Google does its stuff. Just, you know, try to figure out which stuff is relevant and which stuff isn't. Anyway, that's, that, that's going to be a fun one to watch over the next couple of months. It'll probably go dormant for a while and pop up for a while. It'll go dormant again. Um, but we're at the bottom of the hour. It is now uh, 11.33 Eastern uh, Pacific Time, uh, 2.33 Eastern. And on the line, we have... Uh, a man that we just don't want to keep waiting. We have Rand Fishkin, um, President and CEO of SEO Moz. Rand, welcome to Webcology. Thanks so much, guys. Um, well, we want to talk links. We want oh, to talk wow. Linkscape. We want to talk SEO Moz tools. We want to talk your opinion on links. Um, but before we get to that, how you doing? Oh, can cannot complain. We uh, we've had some pretty exciting times here lately. It's been it's been awesome. We had a big um. A uh, party in the office yesterday afternoon. Well, a small party in the office yesterday afternoon. I can see some mylar balloons out my window that say 10,000 because uh, we just passed 10,000 uh, pro subscribers, which is crazy. Congratulations. Oh, thank wow. you. Now, you guys are um, – actually, you guys are giving a free trial of, uh, of the, 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 the pro tool set. That's right. Yeah, we um, – you know, we had done some testing. Well, we were, we were sort of interested in the mechanics of it, right, because – when you join SEO Moz Pro, it does this crawl of your site and starts tracking all your rankings, gives you all this link data, you know, use Open Site Explorer and the Cure Difficulty tool and all sorts of other cool stuff. But the uh, issue that we kind of worried about from a, you know, self-service SaaS model is if you join, you know, a service and you can get, you can extract a lot of the early value and then just quit, you know, is that going to make the, uh, the subscription and, and make the, the likelihood that you'll stay on much less. And so we did a test in, I guess, starting in November with a few hundred people that we, we emailed and put into a, a free trial or asked if they'd like to join a free trial, and they did. Uh, and what it turned out is that, no, you know, actually a higher percentage of people converted or, or stayed pro after trying it that would normally just convert by paying. Um, and so that, it just made tons of sense for us to, uh, to do this this launch, but it's kind of a, you know it's, I think it's a good case study in 
um, being cautious about your your metrics and something for everyone who's in the software business to be thinking pretty hard about if you've got a subscription model. But again, the the for want of a better word, the free the uh, freemium model is is really working for you. You give it away free, give people a little taste of uh, what the tools can actually do and and help them accomplish and. They yeah, and they want to stay around. I think so. In the in the software sort of startup world, we would technically be uh, we would not be freemium. So freemium usually refers to at least you know in, in, in these sort of communities, just uh, uh, offering a, a basic version of your product completely for free, and then upselling different versions. So we don't have a completely free version of our products. I guess Open Site Explorer has a completely free version, uh, but but you know Pro overall and the web app doesn't. So we'd be sort of a, a hybrid freemium free trial model. Um, and yeah, so far it, it, it seems to be working well. Although, you know, I'm always really interested in trying to optimize around this stuff because there's so many companies doing it. And because we like to be so transparent about what's working for us and what our metrics are and how effective things have been, uh, I feel like we can be a good, um, not a hedgehog, guinea pig. <laughs> Um, now, in the game that you're in, you have to constantly be on uh, on top of trends, on top of news, on top of uh, what you perceive happening at Google and Bing and the and the other uh, major engines. Um, what's your upgrade cycle like? I'm sorry. What's my upgrade cycle like? Yeah, you you, you must you must have to be constantly introducing um, new so, components. Yeah, we, I mean, we add that. features. We've got a. Um, a three-week sprint cycle. So basically, there's one week of uh, planning and specs, which is essentially the product team and the engineering team sitting down and, and laying out what needs to be done, and then a two-week sprint uh, to get all of that work accomplished for the next release cycle. So for example, um, you know, we just had a big release cycle that dealt with uh, fixing some member complaints in the Pro Web app, uh, adding a, a few small features, and rolling out the new user profiles, which Jen talked about on the blog yesterday. So yeah, I mean, there's there's kind of constant upgrades, and while in each three-week cycle there'll be you know something launching, there might be a team of you know there's the Linkscape team right now is working on a project that's I think five or six cycles long, right? So it's five or six sprints until they launch anything uh, from that, but that they're still part of that sprinting uh, process, and it means that we can do pretty solid uh, technology rollouts with consistency, right? So our members know that new things will be happening every three weeks. Uh, folks know that you, you can see on our, on our side, on the team here, that uh, we can monitor those changes very readily. We know when we might need to have people on staff late at night to roll back changes or put in bug fixes, that kind of thing. You know, there are so many things you can keep your, your, your finger on the pulse of. Um, I guess uh, I've got a gajillion questions in no particular order I want to ask you. Um, you, mentioned, uh, you mentioned Jen and a blog post that she put up yesterday. She put up another one, um, either late yesterday or early today, about the value of a Twitter link. Oh, yeah. That did really well. W what are you seeing there? Well, so we've, we've observed this for a long time, um, but you're never sure whether it's just the tweet or whether it might be second-order signals that are affecting it, too. But I think, you know, we, we fairly convincingly proved it last December with the Twitter case study to the two, uh, essentially, 
two pieces of content that existed on a nonprofit website here in Seattle. Uh, they had created these two pages specifically for us. They hadn't linked to either of them internally, so they were just kind of pages in a void uh, about essentially issues around uh, starvation and hunger in Sierra Leone, uh, the, the African country. And the two pages, we essentially tried a, a test where we had people tweet uh, a link to one of them and link physically from websites to the other. And so you can see the data today, and it's like, you know, there was about 500-plus tweets to page A, and there were about 30 unique linking root domains and around 250, 300 unique linking pages to page B. So you would expect, like, boy, you know, 30 linking root domains, 200-plus links, all with a good anchor text, right? That, that page, page B, you'd really expect that to rank. But that's not the case. It's the one with zero links. Not zero links. There's a few links from like some Twitter aggregators, like um, mm. uh, not Twirly, but somebody like that. Uh, that essentially, the one with the 500 tweets is outranking the one with the with the actual physical links, which is shocking. And it's outranking them two and a half months after the experiment was performed. So that was pretty convincing evidence. But then Jen noticed this tweet from Smashing Magazine. Uh, that you know that they tweeted our beginner's guide, and of course, Smashing Magazine has you know 300,000 followers, and it turns out that a beginner's guide to SEO was particularly interesting to their followers, so it had uh, several hundred retweets uh, and reshares, and it acquired you know three or four thousand new clicks uh, on the Bitly URL in a matter of 24, 48 hours. Uh, this also showed us something really weird, which was that all of a sudden we started ranking on page one for beginner's guide which we had never gotten any traffic for, never ranked for previously. So just, just the two-word phrase, beginner's guide, which is, you know, it's not a relevant key phrase, but it, it, it shows the power of those tweets, right, to influence uh, the rankings. And so we've, we sort of watched that for a couple of days, and then Jen wrote about it and said, hey, you know what, even though it's not on page one anymore, or sometimes it's on page one, it's still in the top 20 as opposed to not being in the top 100, which is... You know, seems to be suggesting there, there could be second order effects, but seems to be suggesting that the power of tweets is uh, quite strong indeed, and that definitely in a temporal environment, in a short time frame, tweeting might be one of the most powerful ways to get rankings around like a news story or you know some breaking issue or a blog post that's going hot or a topic that people are searching on particularly heavily right now. Those are, you know, that could be a powerful way to get those rankings. Okay, it's, um, it's about 20 minutes to the hour. We have to take a break here on... Uh, yeah, I'm afraid we have to take a break uh, before moving forward. But, Rand, if, you, if we could ask you to stick around for a couple minutes. We have a bunch of other questions and only 15 minutes to get them in. So, friends, this is uh, Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. You're listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. Our special guest today is Rand Fishkin from uh, SEO Moz. We'll be back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. If you're looking for a new multifaceted SEO and social media tool set, look for The Raven. Raven has the important tools that every internet marketer needs. Raven offers customized metrics for managing link building campaigns, social media campaigns, with campaign reporting and research tools that you can easily manage. Build up campaign performance for your clients and give your team the tools that will make them soar. If you want to increase your internet marketing revenue, look for The Raven. 
Go to raventools.com. That's raventools.com. Two, one, boost to ignition. Ascend into new heights of ranking and revenue with a search engine-friendly online shopping cart that's ready for liftoff. Introducing Ascender Cart. Ascender Cart optimizes your shopping cart with easy-to-use SEO tools that will help build keywords, titles, and tags for top search engine rankings. Get all of the advantages of having a shopping cart on your site and monitor your progress with regular reports in just a click. Prepare to launch your shopping cart to the top of the search engines with Ascender Cart. Learn more about what Ascender Cart can do for you at AscenderCart.com. A-S-C-E-N-D-E-R-C-A-R-T.com. It's time again to make... Okay, just took us off, offline for just a quick second. Um, Dave, Jim wanted to ask if you had any additional things you wanted to bring up before we get back into the show. Yeah, Dave, I, I'm installing uh, new uh, Windows chat stuff. It's taking forever. Sorry, I can't communicate with you directly. Oh, okay, that was it, because I, I was looking for you. I'm like, okay, I can ask now, but you were, you were handling yourself well. Uh, I like it there, man. Yeah, no, I, I do have a couple Like, I, I have a couple questions I'd love to ask. If I can take the next, because it actually relates to what he was saying. Well, cool. How about um, if I bring, bring us back in from break, and then yeah. um, the moment you hear me pause, jump in. Okay. Wonderful. Hang on, everybody. We're coming back in 15 seconds. Right now at searchenginestrategies.com and get 20% off your registration. When you use promo code WMR20, register right now at searchenginestrategies.com and use promo code WMR20. Welcome to the Cyber Law and Business Report. Get the top story on the hot-button Internet legal topics of the day. This is your home for the latest on Internet law and policy. Hear the latest net trends impacting business and have your questions answered right here. The Cyber Law and Business Report, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Culture and Business Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Welcome back to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. We have on the line Rand Fishkin from SEO Moz. Dave. Uh, Rand, I... You, you started talking, and there's a couple tangents I want to go down, but, but let's go with, with where we left off at that break. You were talking a really interesting topic, uh, I'm sure for all of our listeners, about um, tweets, the value of them uh, yeah. versus the, the direct links, um, which, of course, I mean, in, in all of our minds, we go, hey, you know, I can think of a billion and one ways that I can abuse this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even a white hat, you've got to be thinking that. Um, what sort of systems do you see coming into place then? Um, to sort of, how is, is Google going to, to separate the, the wheat from the chaff, so to speak? How are they going to tell the Twitter uh, feeds and the Twitter accounts that are should be counting in those versus the ones that are just built to do that? Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So actually, we've observed some in- interesting behavior, Dave, and you, you guys have probably seen this too, so I'm probably not sharing new stuff with you, but the thing that we've seen that's kind of cool is that Google already seems to have a really strong sense for what's a real Twitter account versus a fake one and what's a 
like an organic, authentic pattern of real people tweeting links versus mechanized bots or incentive programs. So I'll give you an example. We did this um, this sweepstakes, right, where where you can, uh, with the first few days of our free trial, it's over now, but with the first few days of the free trial, you know, if you were one of the first uh, 10,000 people to take the trial, you could uh, enter to win pro membership free for life. So the, the details of it aren't important, but what's important is that the page that it linked to uh, got tweeted uh, nearly a thousand times, right? So more than any of these like smashing magazine things, because there's so many people who are trying the free trial and then they could you know tweet that and get a, a second entry to win. So it's kind of manipulative, right? When you think about it from a Google standpoint, like, huh? They're offering this incentive. It's it's sort of a people are tweeting this link to get a prize. We saw no increase. Like that page did not rank any better for sweepstakes or pro sweepstakes or uh, you know tribe pro or um, What's the other one? Uh, uh, pro for life, free for life, that, those kinds of keywords where you would expect, like, boy, why aren't the tweets influencing? And we think the reason is because all the tweets looked exactly the same and the pattern was unnatural, right? But essentially that it happens all in a certain time frame. Everyone who's doing it comes from this particular page. So they can tell that there's some, some type of a promotion there as opposed to, Lots of people using their own language, some people retweeting it directly, some people using the RT format, some people saying via this person, other people picking it up and, uh, and retweeting it from others. So I think Google is actually doing a really solid job, just at least from that example. And we've seen examples too where for exa- uh, there was a, there's like a, a site in Japan that republishes some SEO Moz posts. And one of those posts, they republished, and then, I don't know, like the Twitter bots just took hold of it because it got retweeted several hundred times. And you could see there was no, like, ranking, it appeared to be no ranking impact the way there was on, like, the beginner's guide or the seer impact thing. So I, I think they're just being smart about it, right? They're looking at lots of pattern matching. They probably did a bunch of machine learning analysis with large data sets of, uh, you know, human marked, like this is an organic thing that's being tweeted, this is a manipulative or, or a promotional thing that's being tweeted, try and filter for these patterns. So it's, they're pretty good. But I guess it shouldn't be surprising. I hear, uh, I hear the folks at Google have, have some decent methods for telling them whether a, a linking structure is natural or not. Um, oh, my God, and they're hiring, I, they, I really they have like 20,000 engineers, and they're hiring 7,000 more this year. <laughs> it's insane. So I thought it was just Matt. Isn't he the only um, <laughs> one area I really wanted to go down with you? And, and as we're running short on time, I, I find it. You know, I'm just going to grab hold of it and, and take you down this path. Now, um, I do use uh, do use your tools. Absolutely fantastic tools. Oh, I mean, we all know that um, you know, the, the link research, you know, some changes to Yahoo and this and that, um, is getting let's say more difficult for people who say don't have. Um, you know, the SEO Moz's tools, or I mean, you know, there's there's a couple others, but you know, we're we're yeah. losing the. the I mean, Majestic is also quite good. I think Raven's got some good stuff. So yeah, there's lots of good tools out there. What um, what do you see as as the changing landscape of of link research? I mean, you can even take it past specific tools and into how do we tell? I mean, the one thing I really like about your tools is, is it kind of helps you filter out the the crap. I mean, to call a spade a spade yeah. here. Um, what and taking a bit of guesswork, especially for people who may not be able to tell themselves what's good and what's not, what, what do you see as the changing landscape in link research? So I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that I think Google 
in order to move past a lot of the web spam problems that they've been facing and a lot of the criticism that they've been getting for, you know, the quality of their results, particularly from sort of technology geeky folks, uh, they're going to need to find really smart ways to identify uh, new signals and count them in ways that are much harder to manipulate. And I think some of those are naturally going to be branding signals. Uh, so things like, uh, these are examples. I don't, I don't think Google w might actually use these, but re at real companies, there are real people who work there. And they say they work there on their LinkedIn profile and on their Facebook profile and on their Twitter profile. And they uh, have office space, right? And that those offices or retail locations or whatever it is have an address that's non-residential. And, you know, obviously there's some cases where people work from home and they run their business out of their home and Craigslist is run out of a home, right? So, like, that's not mm -hmm. always the case. But I, I just imagine Google moving towards all these signals. And I think that it's up to uh, a lot of us on the SEO software or on the, the web marketing software end to be able to start looking beyond just the signals that come from links and anchor text and you know, calculating page rank and trust rank and, and these authority signals and those kinds of stuff, which, which is important. We, you know, we need to keep doing that. That's what the team's going to be focused on here for the, for the next little while. But I think we need to be thinking beyond that. Like, what about brand mentions, even if it's not with a link? And what about when the news media talks about a place? Should that be uh, something? And are there, are there social signals that we can be measuring? You know, tweets, Facebook shares, um, stumble upon, uh, you know, LinkedIn community links. I don't know, signals from places like Quora. You saw Google today coming out with their new social search that includes data from Quora. So I think that's them saying, you know, we think this is a trustworthy, good community resource. Um, so I, I think that's all, all of that stuff is on the horizon. Uh, and it's things that, that we're thinking about and planning and trying to figure out how we can, uh, how we can report back to people in scalable ways. Well, which, which leads me to have to ask, and I mean, you know, we've had years, and I know you guys have put enormous resources into coming up with unique ways of measuring traditional links, um, helping you know, the, the average user and, and the, the experts to sort of measure these links and figure out which ones are more valuable and which ones are more trusted. I mean, heck, half the time I find the Moz rank to be more reliable when looking at the top ten results um, than the, the visible page rank that, that's being yeah, displayed. Yeah, sure. are well, I think it's because Google working? updates page rank so infrequently, because the Moz rank and page rank numbers are actually extremely well correlated. So when Google does update PageRank, it's, it's pretty solid, except for those pages where it's weird, like they, you know, they penalize or they don't show it or something like that. See, and that's, it's, it's funny because that's exactly what I've, I've been noticing is where, yeah, you'll see sites where it looks like there's been a little... Yeah, anyway, <laughs> we'll move down that. Day. Are you guys putting some, some efforts into um, you know, sort of unique ways of measuring different social signals and, and coming up with, with sort of tools in a, in a similar way um, that can help people as they progress socially. Yeah, yeah. Actually, so our, uh, one of our internal um, product managers here, uh, Miranda, put together a social tool wireframe uh, that we've been reviewing and we're going to be building some specs out on and then hopefully having built probably by the summer. Uh, so essentially that it'll monitor a lot of things about uh, not just your Twitter and Facebook account, but how your brand or your website is being mentioned and referenced on those sites, uh, as well as how your competitors are. So it's kind of the same, the same format that, you know, if you go into the Pro Web app and you click on the uh, link analysis tab today, you can sort of see yourself versus your competition on all these linking metrics, domain authority, all that. And we wanted to give that same sensibility, but for Twitter, like how many times was I mentioned? How many unique people mentioned me on Twitter? 
Uh, how many followers did they reach? First order effect, second order effect. Uh, you know, all, all those kinds of metrics and lots, lots more uh, seems like a very important place to go, particularly with Google and Bing coming out last December, you know, in that interview with Danny Sullivan and saying, we're going to be counting tweets and shares similar to the way we, we count links. So uh, this seems like a natural step for us. Yeah, we're definitely building the tool. Um, yeah, maybe I'll try and leak some wireframes onto the blog in the next few weeks uh, just to tease people with, with some looks at it. Uh, that would I be sweet. You've now just picked up a few more people who will be watching your blog daily. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'm just going to ask a really generalized question then. I mean, we've got these, these multiple areas um, coming in. We've got social. We've got link building. Um, the, the sort of word of the day for me on, on links seems to be diversity um, yeah. because we don't really know where we're landing. What are, what are your thoughts on where webmasters right now should be taking their linking campaigns? So, you know, I'm huge on this whole concept of uh, organic marketing or inbound marketing, this idea that there's just these tons of different opportunities and communities, you know, uh, uh, contributing to Q&A communities, uploading presentations to SlideShare and Scribd and, and DocStoc, uh, you know, being active in web forums, uh, participating in, in Facebook and Twitter, yes, but also, you know, LinkedIn and StumbleUpon and, you know, new stuff like Quora, maybe super new stuff like Namesake, which looks like it might be taking off. Uh, the new TED Talks has their own uh, sort of you know Q and A like system, which has a lot of high value, high importance members. So it's just like massive numbers of these communities. And I think the a great strategy for webmasters is to go and participate in uh, each of these, do some experimentation, see what is the direct traffic like. Is it high quality? Should I keep going there? Am I getting good second order SEO impacts? Are people finding me through this and? linking to my blog, linking to my site, linking to my resources. This is, it just works. You know, this, this type of thing works really, really well. And we've been, I've been doing it on a small scale. I launched a personal blog. I spend maybe you know, an hour a month, a couple hours a month on it. But it works. Like, you know, you can just keep driving relevant traffic back and back again. And it's, it's cool. I mean, I, I think that the quantity of opportunities increased a lot. And that does mean more complexity. But the process isn't that bad, right? You test you analyze uh, and you determine whether you should keep going in whatever that particular uh, sort of marketing might be. Okay, friends, we're at the end of our show. Rand Fishkin, uh, CEO of SEO Moss, thank you so much for your time. Uh, oh, thanks for having me, guys. Oh, that's okay. I mean, we wanted to get the answer in, but we're stuck <laughs> with the tyranny of time. Can't help that. Again, Rand, CEO of SEO Moss, thank you so much for your time. Friends, check out seomoss.org, check out the tool set. And uh, stay tuned to the to the network for the rest of the day. We got some amazing program coming up. You know, we're going to be talking about uh, Google JC Penny in the uh, in the very near future. Um, it's Web College on WebmasterRadio.fm. Uh, you can hear us here live every Thursday. Check us out next week. And again, stay tuned, friends. We'll talk to you next week. Mm-hmm.